Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me here for this Thursday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB, E-T-H-O-S, FantasyBB. That's where we post all of our new podcasts, articles, news and notes, every bit of content we got going on on the baseball side. You can check it out at EthosFantasyBB and also at SportsEthos.com if you're not somebody who uses Twitter a lot. That is where you can find all of our work. Guys, we're going to be talking about some news and notes today. Just go through some different bits of information. Let's start off with Mr. Ellie Dela Cruz. My goodness. He has jumped up to 84% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. It has gone up dramatically. I can't remember what it was when we talked about him yesterday. Maybe 60-something? 60, 60 I'd have to go back and listen. But my God, uh, there is a reason why there was so much hype around him. There's a reason why he was so ridiculous in the minor leagues. It's because he is just amazing. He is an amazing baseball player. He hit a home run last night that was 458 feet, left the bat nearly 115 miles an hour, and it was off of Noah Syndergaard, but you can't really hold that against them. You can only face who you're going to face, including today's game, which has wrapped up. Uh, they lost to the Dodgers 6 to nothing. but he has had, let's see, 11 at-bats. He has four hits, three runs, a homer, two ribbies, and a steal at this time. Now, he's striking out. He is still striking out. That was always the big worry with Ellie De La Cruz, but I don't care. I, I, know, I know that sounds stupid. You should care, and most of the time, I do care quite a bit. That's one of the things I look at more than anything else, strikeout to walk rate. Uh, it's, you know, it's very basic. It's not like one of these new-fangled stats. Strikeout to walk rate is still one of the most important things, whether you're looking at pitchers, hitters, whatever it is. He strikes out a lot. He struck out 27% of the time in AAA this year, and that was you know a big improvement for him over the last couple of seasons when it had been closer to 30, over 30, actually. But even with a 30% strikeout rate, that power in that ballpark with that speed and the ability to hit for still a high average to go along with the high strikeout rate, I don't really care if he's striking out, even if it's 30% of the time. To this point, through actually not including today's game, it was a 33% strikeout rate. I know, it's only two games. You can't really read much into that. Even if he is doing that with all the other goodness that he is doing, I, I don't really care. And I, I know it's going to sound stupid and counterintuitive. People will say, oh, you know what, that'll, that'll cost him at bats potentially, and maybe it'll move him down the order if he's striking out a lot. I, I don't think it will. Based on the talent, based on the pedigree, I think that he is here to stay. He is going to remain in the middle of that lineup. He has cleaned up, batted fourth for all three games so far, and I expect that to continue in that ballpark. I really don't have a lot of concern whatsoever about the production of, of Ellie Dela Cruz, even if we're seeing maybe a couple too many strikeouts. Give him some time to fully adjust. He, is, he hasn't even fully like, got used to major league pitching yet. He's already hit a home run. He's scored three times. He's stolen a base. Like <clears throat> He's jumping. He's flying right out of the gate, and we're going to see incredibly stupid fab bids. And I don't mean stupid in a bad way. I mean stupid as in there's going to be a stupid amount of money that is spent on this guy. If you're talking NFBC weekly, 
fab leagues where you're only allowed to pick up players once a week, this Sunday is going to be an absolute shit show in terms of how much people are throwing on Ellie Dela Cruz. I'm going to throw between four and $600 on him probably, depending on which league I'm talking about, how much money I have left. There are a couple of leagues where I'm looking at like, you know, upwards of $600. There's a couple where I'm like four and change, and I probably won't even get him in those leagues. But I'm going to be throwing a lot of money at him. You guys should too. If you're on Yahoo, go take a look and see if maybe your league has fallen asleep at the wheel. He's 84% rostered. There is still a chance that you might be able to get him. That window, like I said yesterday, or maybe it was the day before, or maybe it was both days at this point, uh, that the window is going to slam shut very, very soon on the Ellie Dela Cruz free agency window. Uh, so please make sure, if he is still available, that you're not saying, oh, well, you know, I'm not sure if, you know, blah, 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 this guy looks pretty good. I'm not sure about Dela Like, no, don't, don't even think about that. Take the worst player on your team, drop him, and pick up Ellie Dela Cruz. I don't care if the positional eligibility works. I don't care about anything at that point. He is somebody that needs to be on rosters. And you guys are picking him up. He's, like I said, 84% rostered. He's up 39% over this last week. But just make sure you're not one of those leagues on the 16% that is lagging behind because you really should not be. Let's talk about Pete Alonso here for a quick second. He got hit by a pitch on the wrist yesterday. Now, this is... From what I first thought, it was not great, but he underwent imaging immediately on it, and they said that it was a negative MRI and CT, and it looked okay. But they're also keeping him out of the lineup, and we're going to have to see exactly how bad this is. Now, there's no fractures, but they are going to be cautious and give him an extra day or two to rest up. I got Mark Vientos playing first base tonight, and it is Spencer Strider. So maybe they thought, okay, you know what? Let's just leave Pete out of the lineup. There's no need to push him here, blah, blah, blah. I'm not overly worried, but it's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on. And it's not something you want to see paired with the news of Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is without a timeline. We talked about this yesterday a little bit, but it's actually been, and this is what I was worried about yesterday, is that if Aaron Judge misses enough time, not really worried, but you know, it's something that I, that I brought up, is that if he misses enough time, then we might see a window open for Shohei Otani or somebody else to you know, actually win the MVP, because... I believe Otani is still favored in the betting markets and whatnot. But Aaron Judge, the way he was going, you know, based on last season as well, he was picking up some steam there. I think that is something that is going to be taken away from him at this point because he's without a timetable to return from this injury. They said, Aaron Boone said, we don't know a timeline. Uh, we don't know. We got shot in the toe yesterday. We don't have an answer for you. Uh, when we do, we'll give you the best timeline we possibly can. So he's kind of guarded, not really giving you too much there on Aaron Judge. Now, like I mentioned yesterday, it's a toe. It's not, you know, the, the end of the world. It's not a knee. It's not like an elbow, shoulder. It's not something that's, you know, a, one of those major injuries. But it can still, like, really, really impact you if you do have to miss a lot of time because of it. Maybe he comes back and we don't see him steal as many bases because that's definitely a possibility. Uh, when he comes back, maybe they're going to just say, you know what, <clears throat> focus on what <clears> – <throat> excuse me, guys. Focus on what you're doing with your arms and don't really worry about any of the – stealing, trying to, you know, leg out, you know, basis, whatever, just focus on what you do at the plate. There's a chance that they do that. There's a chance that this might actually keep Aaron Judge out of the lineup for a while. So let's take a look at some potential replacements here. If we're just looking at uh, outfielders, if we're just looking straight up at outfielders, guys who are being added quite a bit in these last week or so, guys who are generally available. You're looking at Nolan Jones for Colorado, he's been called up. He's been hitting homers. He's been stealing bases. He's up to 9%, and he is, or 9% rostered, and he's first base and outfield eligible. So he is somebody to be looking at. Jesus Sanchez, he's been heating up as well. He's only 7% rostered. Brent Rooker is kind of an interesting one because he's gone up and down in terms of his production this season. He's down to 40% rostered at this point. 
but he's had a pretty strong week, six for his last 21. Not somebody that I'd be prioritizing, but still, still somebody that is a potential replacement there. Eddie Rosario as well. He's done pretty well recently. He's had three homers over the last week, seven RBIs. He's got seven hits in his 21 at-bats. Ryan Noda, he's another guy who's kind of been picking up steam as well. Shout out to our friend and colleague here, Britton Allen, who was the first person I saw talk about him in this offseason as somebody who could be a potentially deep league, uh, a potential deep league you know, darling because of somebody that, uh, excuse me, because he was somebody that wasn't really being looked at. He was kind of an afterthought, but he's got seven homers, a couple steals. He's batting 255. He's typically batting in the middle to the top part of that Oakland lineup. He's actually been leading off recently, uh, leading off or batting second. So he's also a very interesting pickup. Regardless of where you are, there are going to be some options here to replace him, to replace Aaron Judge. So I wouldn't be too, too worried in your shallower leagues because in those 10 and 12 team, three outfielder leagues, the waiver wire is flush with talent. Once you get to deeper leagues, then it does become a little trickier for sure. But I think there are still going to be some of those lower rostered options. Nolan Jones, 9%. Jesus Sanchez, 7%. Noda is at 6%. These guys are available. Hell, if you want to take a flyer on Joe Adele and just say, you know what, we'll see what happens over the next week. Maybe he's figured it out. He's only 4% rostered. So there are definitely some outfield options for you guys to consider, regardless of your league size. Let's talk a little bit about Noah Syndergaard. Mentioned him earlier. He's the guy who gave up that home run to Ellie Dela Cruz. Well, we got a bit of a little bit of news on him. They've put him on the IL with a blister, a quote unquote blister. This is likely just a phantom IL stint. Uh, whatever it is, regardless of the situation, please drop Noah Syndergaard. There's still 15% of people holding on in Yahoo leagues. He's awful. Even if he wasn't getting injured, he's not somebody I'd be interested in at all. He's had, what was it, three good starts this year? He started off kind of okay, and we were thinking, oh, shit, here they go again. The Dodgers, they've, they've done it again with Noah Syndergaard. That's not the case. He's not very good. He's got a 7.16 ERA. He doesn't strike out anybody. He can't even win games for the Dodgers. He's just really, there's nothing going on there. So the 15% of you guys still holding on to him, please send him back to the waiver wire at this point. Nestor Cortez, we talked about him a little bit on our mailbag show on Tuesday about how I'm still holding on. Uh, he's Now he received a cortisone injection on Wednesday. They put him on the IL officially today with his shoulder. Uh, it's a rotator cuff sprain in, uh, for being technical here. I'd understand in your very shallow leagues at this point if you did want to drop him. I did advocate the other day 10-team leagues. like You could probably drop him, 12-teamers. I would still be holding on. At this point, I understand it if you do. And I kind of was more optimistic a couple days ago, thinking, oh, you know, maybe he's going to come back and it's not going to be an IL stint. I was mistaken. He is going on the IL. They did put cortisone in there, and the rotator cuff is not the end of the world. It's also really not ideal. So I'd be totally fine if you wanted to send him back to the waiver wires while also noting that it could end up biting you. Like, there are not a ton of great pitching options available on most waiver wires. You know, like I said, like a 10-team waiver wire, sure, I don't mind dropping him because there are still options. 12 is, like, kind of borderline. If you can IL him, I would because I don't think that this is the real version of Nestor Cortez what we've seen these last few times out. We saw a good version of him to begin the year, and I think that's still in him. I, I don't think that he is, you know, done or anything like that. We've seen really good version of Nestor Cortez for the last two seasons. I think he's still very capable of giving you those good numbers with good strikeouts. I just think he needs a little bit of a reset here on the IL, and we'll see if what's going on with the uh, with the shoulder, how serious it ends up being. But I, I think even though I am optimistic, it would be fairly prudent in your shallow leagues to drop him and see who you can go and pick up. A.J. smith Shaver, uh, Andrew Abbott, those kind of names, if they're still available, and they generally are, I would be taking a look at them uh, if you can. 
Nestor's tricky because we know he's a lot better than this. The injury does complicate things. They got Carlos Rodon coming back as well, so maybe that will be some kind of, well, it's going to be a while for Rodon, so it's not going to be a natural replacement. It's just kind of something that we need to monitor and see how long he is going to be out for. But I think the shallower the league, the easier just to cut, as always. Uh, but honestly, even in the 12-team league, like I, I, I understand cutting him, and I think it's kind of okay. But I would do what you can to just try and hold on to him at the same time. Uh, you know, there's a, in a year where pitching has been blown up quite a bit. I know he hasn't been amazing, but I think you know, even let's say it's a month when he comes back from now, would I rather take Nestor Cortez or your average waiver wire pitcher? Likely, I'm going to be taking Nestor Cortez in that situation still. So it's all very individualized based on your league, but try and hold on. The shallower it is, then sure, drop him, whatever. Uh, but I'm doing what I can to try and hold on. That's pretty much going to wrap it up. I just wanted to note something that was kind of cool. <clears throat> I've been playing fantasy baseball for about seven years, uh, something like that. I don't even know what the exact number is at this point. Now, I've never had a week like I'm having this particular week in my home league. I have zero starting pitchers going on any days except for tomorrow. All of my starting pitchers in my home league are going tomorrow. A.J. Smith-Shaver, um, we got Logan Allen, Christian Javier, Sonny Gray, and Jordan Montgomery. Because I lost Nestor Cortez in that league, I had to drop Jacob deGrom, George Kirby. Oh, actually, you know what? That's wrong. I did have a George Kirby start earlier in the week. I'm mistaken. That was the only other outing that I had, though, this week. And I thought when I was looking at it earlier, like, that's kind of crazy, though, that I had no other starters. So I guess I did have one other. But almost all of my starts uh, coming tomorrow. So I'm really going to need some good stuff. I got Shaver against Washington, Allen against Houston, Javier against Cleveland, Sonny Gray against Toronto, and Jordan Montgomery against Cincy. Kind of a mixed bag. Toronto and Houston, very tough. And then Washington, Cleveland, and Cincy. Eh, well, Cincy's getting a hell of a lot better, so we'll have to see there uh, if I got the stones to throw at Jordan Montgomery. But that's going to do it for me, guys. Really appreciate you all hanging out. Like I mentioned yesterday, going to be talking next week on the show about rest-of-season rankings, so make sure you guys are subscribing and downloading, getting those ones into your queue for when they are released. Find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99, also at Ethos, E-T-H-O-S, Fantasy BB, and at SportsEthos.com as well. Guys, take care, have a great night, and we will see you tomorrow. Cheers. Cheers.